Let's talk TV with Caitlin Cherry, who joins me now. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. Kia ora to you. Um, thank you for uh, putting some work into your review this week. You've got plenty to talk about, and you're going to start with, is it Lupin? I would just say Lupin because okay. when Let's I play attempt it to safe. pronounce I just am one of those people who will butcher it and it'll be worse. So everything <laughs> French is going to be said in my lovely New Zealand accent. Perfect. Lupin. So Lup- Lupin is on Netflix um, and it is a kind of French crime mystery, mystery series about a character who we know as Lupin um, and he is a Robin Hood-style master criminal. So his crimes are more about righting wrongs rather than um, personal gain. Mm. So he, um, the, the character's real name is Asan Diop, and he's played by a guy called Omar C, S-Y. Um, and this character, Asan, is inspired by the character of Lupin, who is a gentleman thief from a series of books, and they're actually real books too. Famous French character. So very famous. He's the Sherlock Holmes, but yeah. even better, of France. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's set in two time periods. The first is when he's 14, and his... Um, he's the only son of a father who came to Paris from Senegal to seek a better life for them. And his father gets a job as a chauffeur for a very rich Parisian family of a guy called Hubert Pellegrini. And um, we find out fairly early on that the father is blamed for stealing a priceless necklace from mm. his employer. He ends up in prison. And the other time period is the present where Hassan is now a man. He's become an incredibly talented, charismatic criminal slash master of disguise, thief, and he is very much following the kind of uh, uh, style of Lupin, Mm. the character, and basically wants to exact revenge on Pellegrini for what happened to his father. Yeah, great premise, great premise. It's it's made in France, and you can choose whether to... Use subtitles, or as we mistakenly did, the uh, the dubbing, the English dubbing. No, do never use the, the dubbing. I didn't know we had a choice. Go. We watched the first season and then um, found out at the end you can actually choose where you get, whether you get the dubbing or the uh, the subtitle. I like hearing their own voices um, you totally. speak, and and you can kind of pick up certain words anyway just through osmosis. Really, I mean, I think that that you've, I'm pleased you've seen it because isn't he a wonderful actor, Omar? He is, yeah, but not with that cheesy American accent. It was a big mistake, big mistake. No, no, he's <laughs> wonderful. Like, he's this really big guy. Like, he's the kind of guy that could be incredibly imposing, but he somehow can blend in and he can seem really unnoticeable. Like, and he almost takes advantage of the fact that he's black in a sort of very white society. So he will disguise himself as the the cleaner or the cycle courier and these kind of people who delivery person the unnoticeables and yet you know he is incredibly um changeable and swift of hand and deft and he ends up always sort of having a sort of way of getting out of scrapes that typical kind of exciting um no. Yeah, you just watch along and you think, how's he gonna how's he gonna get out of this yeah. one? And of course he does. Yeah. And just from remember this a couple of years ago I watched it. He's, does he have a young child as well? He's got a teenager okay. who he gets into um the Lupin box as well. Um he's also, you know, quite mischievous and uh, you know, very, very charming. I really enjoyed it and I'm I'm not um in, in that very like entertaining, watched it with the family, um 
it's it's an enjoyable watch. I'd sort of give it a B plus. Yeah, cool. And how many seasons? Well, there are three. Um, I've watched the first two, but they kind of all blend into each other. Um, the first two in particular, and then there's a third one as well. Once he's kind of um, once Pellegrini has been is out of the picture, because you know you can probably guess that he he does sort of win in the end. Thank you. It's called Lupin. L-U-P-I-N if you'd like to look it up. Now, you've also watched the Robbie Williams doco series. This is a real sort of mini genre, isn't it? Uh, Taking famous people who we feel as though we know, um, putting together Mm. some documentary footage from earlier in their life and telling their story. Although, um, and I'm interested to hear what you think of this one. The feedback I heard about the Robbie Williams one is unlike the David Beckham one. There maybe aren't quite enough voices in there. It's sort of Robbie Williams according to Robbie Williams. But is that what you thought? I think so. I, exactly. I I have some thoughts on the whole genre, which is that, um, you know, we're at a time where famous people are curating their own images anyway via social media and, you know, having a direct relationship with fans and people. So even intimate portrayals like documentaries are very curated and image managed yeah. by the protagonists. And the, they're missing opportunities, I think, to really dig in. I think they let you dig into a point and then they won't let it go any further. So with the Robbie Williams doco, docu-series, um, it, you know, I've seen Arnold and I've seen the David Beckham one. It's good, but I just don't feel as connected or strong about it. Uh, this, this, the premise is that we're seeing him now and he is watching huge amounts of the behind-the-scenes footage that have been shot has been shot throughout his career, yeah. and he did a lot of talking to the camera when he was young. He revealed a lot, so he's watching it for the first time. So we're watching him watching that, and he's commenting. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's in, a bit of that in the Beckham one as well. He, you're watching him watch games. It's kind yeah. of a nice idea. Yeah, and so it's a bit of a trip down memory lane. It definitely lifts it having all that old footage. It's really honest. He's got all these mental health struggles. He talks about them, but he doesn't, we never really understand why. Like, I almost feel like if you're going to be sitting down and talking to him, I want to dig that little bit deeper. Like, why is he suffering in this way? And obviously he became a drug and alcohol addict and had to go to rehab, but why was he self-medicating? I just wanted to know more. And there's other other unsaid things, like he's got this lovely relationship with a songwriting partner, Guy Chambers, who you know, helped him write all these massive hits, massive. Yeah. And they were close for years, and then Robbie just suddenly went off him, it seems, and felt his own vision and his voice was being stifled, and he kind of just cut, it, cut him loose. But we never got a proper explanation of why that is and then what happened to Guy. The guy just suddenly disappears. And we developed this relationship with him and he wasn't asked to comment as part of it at all. So it's, you know, like it is just a bit too one-sided. It's a little bit too – I think the premise was interesting, but they failed by giving us cultural context. We're really missing that, what was going on in society at the time because a lot of it is about how he was very – badly treated by the press by you know the tabloid media but but we don't get a lot of um sort of relevant context of the time and what was happening yeah opportunity missed perhaps i would say so um yeah i mean it's it's not a music documentary it's one about mental health other people have said that and because you're talking about mental health, there was a missed opportunity to really probe a little bit more. We found out nothing about his childhood or any of the things that are his triggers. And 
that was unfortunate. It is nice to see him happy. You know, I think he's got a lovely wife, despite the dreadful plastic surgery, but she's American. What do you expect? <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other issue of so the same the, same oh, plastic the surgery I'm seeing think, too much of. I think the, uh, well, no judgment, but, you know, I think the Australians are more noticeable than the Americans on TV these days. Um, True. And the British, if you watch Married, Married at First Sight. Okay. Maybe it's a certain um, um, section of society, the section more likely to put their hand up to be on a reality TV show. Who knows? Probably a conversation for another time. But yes, the mum and the and four kids. He's a quad father like I am, and um, he seems to love the kids too. Oh, and that's really lovely, and they're just very confident and comfortable with him, just as dad, you know, not yeah. famous. <laughs> uh, I imagine for somebody like him to finally love someone more than himself was a liberating thing. I think many of us feel that way when you have children. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank God, I'm not the most important person in my life anymore. <laughs> that's nice, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like getting it. bored. <laughs> hey, um, so that's the Robbie Williams doco, which is on Netflix. And then just a quick shout-out to finish your review today. Yeah, so I know that lovely Linda Burr just talked about Afterlife last week. I just wanted to say I also love it. This is the new New Zealand drama. Robin Malcolm is the star and also one of the creators of it. It's a show that lives in the grey areas. I would say it's the best New Zealand show that I've ever watched. Gosh. Uh, I love that it's shot in New Zealand. Oh, sorry, in Wellington in my city. Uh, it's actually shot in my neighbourhood. I've seen my house twice. It's the Wellington South Coast <laughs> that really? I love. That's it, so funny. Yeah, it captures it exactly how it is. Um, everything feels really – I just love seeing it. The only criticism I have is that in last night's episode, this, there was an, there's occasional sex scenes, and the sex scene was that typical cliched up against a dirty old wall. And I'm really, really tired of – Almost like feels like eighty percent of the sex scenes I see are in dirty alleyways or bathrooms against a wall. I'm like, yeah, that's a real trope, note, isn't it? Note to writers: women don't really like it like that. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. Cheers. Uh, great to have you on, Caitlin Cherry, our TV critic. Uh, that was called After Party. Robbie Williams and Lupin, L-U-P-I-N. I'm saying I'm spelling it because it's a French word, and I'm not uh, confident on the pronunciation.